Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfleet today. Just got off the golf course. Home W for Team DNVR. So shout out RK, Spence, and Brandon Perna for carrying me through a round of golf. That was excellent. Uh, we took home the dub, and now we get to talk about some Avalanche prospects a little bit, a little bit here and there. Uh, AJ, first of all, how are the trivia questions coming? Because a little birdie told me you were working on those. Are you ready for bar trivia tonight? Are, are the people yeah. going to struggle? The, they're done. Uh, I think it's four very easy questions to get if you know your sports history in Denver. And one question I'm not sure Drew would get. Uh, a Rockies question I'm not sure Drew would get. So one impossible one. Got it. Mm. It's not impossible. It's just like a... Oh yeah, that guy. I don't. Are you using the correct mic? I can't tell. You Probably not. <laughs> Maybe it's just your fan in the background. I don't know. Anyway, I am indeed. Yeah. Uh, it could be my now too. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's jump into it. Really, there hasn't been much news, as is to be expected at th- this point in time, but. The forward core. We talked about a little, a little bit about it yesterday, but we wanted to give a proper look at a depth chart, kind of, for what the ads are going to be looking at. Yeah, we wanted to really kind of go through the organization and see 
where they're good at forward and where they could really use some help. Yep. Because I was pretty surprised when I was going through the organization looking at it. Uh, just at where where it was like, oh, dang, okay. All right. Going in deep, where do you want to start? Because uh, some of it's obvious, right? Top line of the actual NHL roster, it's going to be three-headed monster, essentially. Yeah, and, and with McKinnon, you have – McKinnon is a top three center in the league. Right. Uh, ranted in, uh, I don't know what the list would look like, but I'll just say a top five right wing in the league. And Fair. then Landis Cog, yeah. Landis Cog is uh, to again, top just, just to be, worst, yeah, yeah, I would say a top 15 left wing flirting with top 10, maybe probably yeah. more like 12, 11, whatever. like yeah. I was going to say seven to 10. Sure. Depending on depending on you know what you value, yeah, yeah. Well, and also the always entertaining. Which position does this guy actually play? Because he's sort of a pseudo center sometimes. You know, <laughs> and it's like because this guy plays because you have a guy like Drysaddle, right? Where it's like he he'll play he'll play on the left side, he'll play you know on a power play, he plays on the right side, and then he'll over and then he'll play McDavid center. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. You know, it's it's hard to get too into like hard positions in the league because a lot of guys move around. And then you have a guy, you, know, you have a guy like uh, you have a guy like Nazem Kadri, who getting blown up, dude. I just need to turn my ringer off. I had it on because I was expecting a phone call today. Did you get your phone call at least? No. Oh, the worst. I did get I did get one from the Canadian government asking me how my quarantine is going though. Well, that's not the phone call you were looking for, I guess. Yeah, I was, I was like, not, not as well as you guys would have hoped it would have gone for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so in any case, would you still call the three-headed monster the best line in the league? Yeah, I mean, there, what, what league or what line, what line has topped it? I you know, which which line would you would you really take? You know, in Vegas, you still have. Between Stone yeah, and Pacioretty, you still have a question mark close, there. Yeah. You've got the the trio in Boston is really the only other one that I think truly pushes them. Um, yeah. With Pasternak and Marchand and uh, Bergeron. Yeah, the perfection line. Yeah, they're great. And worthy of any and all praise. But that goes to the abs there, I think, for sure. But I well, I mean, head to head, we've seen those results have gone uh, pretty well for Colorado, and it's like it might be a small sample size, but it is what it is. When they've gone up, when those two lines have gone up against each other over the last several years, the Abs have won. So that one's pretty one so. for one. Not tough to talk about the top line. The second line is where things get interesting. At very least, to start the season, Kadri and Berkey are, are locked into that line. You would have to yeah. think. And when you're going through wing depth, I mean, we'll start. We'll stop being as specific with left wing, right wing, because yeah. a lot of these guys are going to play both. Yep. Um, Burakovsky's a great, uh, a great example. Of that Kadri is a hard center. We've seen him on wing a couple of different times. Um, just not, just not great. Yeah, yeah. I forgot the point. Point. Uh, 
point Kucherov and Stamkos can absolutely give them a run. That that if they want to put that trio together at any point, they're nuts. But um, that's not usually a trio, that, just because that, that trio would have it's to be two right wings together. Also, <laughs> you don't get to only do it in the playoffs. <laughs> you got to do it for the season too. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Like that's a that's a that's a really really. Obviously, that's a fantastic group as well. Back to back um, the cups, you're not going to fault it. Yeah, <laughs> but pretty un- pretty unimpeachable results at this point. Definitely. Um. But but with with the Evs, where they immediately have the drop off is right there on that second line, which yep. is where last year was the was really the one year that that has not been a question in the last several years. Where they had Brandon Saad. Yeah, Brandon Saad really filled, uh, really filled that hole in a in a way that they just haven't been able to. It's really hard to do. You go through most teams' top sixes, and it's like all, almost always when you get to the sixth guy, you're like, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, you know, but they're, they're it's like even even in Toronto now, you know, they've they've got a top six where you're like, it's, all right, well. It, Somebody's going to have to play up. Jonas Donskoy has made a career out of being that guy that plays up, that you're super happy if he's on your third line, but you're stretching it if he's on your second. Yeah. So it's a pretty common spot to be in, no doubt about it, as far as around the league. Um, And look, this is a legitimate question that needs to be answered by the Avalanche. Right now, I think AJ, you and I are – just kind of slotting new hook into the open spot because it makes a lot of sense to at least try. Yeah, well, and we saw like they put new hook in the postseason. Yeah, they played him and moved him around a little, around bit. A little yeah. bit. And now that there are big, there are two really big holes in the lineup. It just it just makes sense. Um, I know how things go with this organization when you just try and automatically throw kids into jobs. Um. It, sometimes it sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. So uh, I'm 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 assuming New Hook is part of the forward core in general. Yeah, you know whether he ends up part of that top six. It's really like they've got really the abs have five surefire top six forwards, and then they've got uh, between Alex Newhook, uh, Val Nachushkit, who I think as much as you and I are like. Don't mess with Nuke and Jost. They're going to. At some point during this year, they're going to. Yeah, of course. Um, but to, so with, with Nachushkin and then JT Comfer uh, and then... Whatever you have in Maltsev, potentially. Uh... I, I am already gritting my teeth about to say this, but it's going to happen with Darren Helm at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, going to, he's going to get, you know, either via injury or they're just struggling to produce offense at some point, they will things will get shuffled. Yeah. Like they'll have a couple of games where they'll give Darren Helm the, the old Matt Calvert gig. Hey, go play on one of these top, one of the top two lines. Stand just in go, front of net, get pucks, yeah. please. Yeah. Skate really fast and hit, hit people and yeah. jar pucks. Loose and just like, like that's it. Like play yeah. a very, very simple, game get the puck to those guys and let them let them eat yeah and i the picture you're painting here is kind of why it's like anyone the abs put 
in that second line role is not something you're in love with. So why not just give it to New Hook then? Because yeah. it, it maybe New Hook is the easiest one to you could see where if things go right, he could fit into a second line role effectively. Everyone else, you're you're kind of square hole round peg kind of trying to make it work. Yeah. So it it's sh- that's where the the forward conversation starts to get interesting at the NHL level basically is is how they want that second line to look because it, for the most part the first five are locked in you can i'm sure you know if if things ha- start to happen you could see Berkey drop down for a couple games or whatever but yeah for the I most mean, part I mean well it did look both of Burkowski's two years in Colorado he had little slumps Yep, where he yep. got he got dropped to the third and fourth lines at different times to just try and try and get him pick him up a little bit. Shake just send up, yeah. send him the message that hey, you've been a little too comfortable. Uh, you've been playing easy games. We need you to get back to doing what we need you to do, and it has consistently worked for him. So well, we will we'll see that throughout the year. We'll see some guys go through slumps. The other thing to consider is, you know, last year we we didn't think JT Comfer was going to be. God awful. Yep. Like like mind blowingly brutal to sit through for thirty games. Right. We didn't. You, you don't know which guys are because every year this is the Someone fear, right? Every year, yeah. Every year, you know, two years ago, Rantanen only played half of the regular season. You know, Landeskog. They 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 had a, a point in the season where Landeskog and Rantanen were both out for like four or five weeks at a time. McKinnon's line mates were like Matt Calvert. And- yeah, they were all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So it's this is the stuff that you don't know, you know, and and the injuries always the injuries will happen. It's really the underperformance, overperformance. You know, yeah, Tyson right. Jost last year got kicked up a line. A tale and, of two stories too. Yeah, yeah and Tyson Tyson Jost like finally earned a job. You know, finally, because this time last year, Tyson Jost, it was like, is he even going to play on opening night? Because the roster was deep enough for that. Yep. That's not the case this year. Not only is Tyson Jost penciled in there at 3C, but he's become a really important player. He has to live up to that job. Well, and we know this. We talk about it with the defense all the time. You have eight minutes left in a third period of a game where the Avs are up one. Don't be surprised if magically you don't see Newhook on that second line anymore or not taking very many shifts. Yeah. Because Bednar's going to run a more defensive lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's where that's where the value of, of you know, the jo- Jost being the defensive guy that he was last year. Um, that's where the value of Nachushkin being an absolute shot suppression mas- machine. Yep. Like, that's, that's where... You start to lean into those, uh, and then you know Darren Helms had solid in a, underlying analytics his whole career as a, as a role player. Um, they're going to have to find the. It's like the one thing that Pierre Edouard Belmar was aces at last year was yep. finishing games. You know Belmar, I I'm of the opinion that Belmar did not have a good regular season. Uh, he had a really bad Vegas series. He was awesome in the St. Louis series, and I. For sure, just want to give him that credit, but he was brutal against Vegas, and he didn't. He won very good during the regular season. Like half his points were were empty net goals. 
That's all good and well. They'll still count. But at even strength, he was he was an offensive black hole. Just nothing happened. And he won't have the bad teams to feast against this year. Uh, that he that he was able to just jump up enough production. I think that there's going to be a big surprise when he gets to Tampa Bay uh, and struggles to hold down an NHL job, essentially. I mean, he's already 35. I mean, so, we, we saw at the start of the season last year where his first three goals were all empty netters, and, and, he had, and those were like his only points for the first 20 games of the season. Yeah, like we talked about, I mean, Justin Comfer obviously had glacial starts, but so did Belmar. And we, Matt Calvert didn't even score a goal last year. Yep. Now, granted, Matt Calvert played like 10 games. I understand that. I'm just saying. Uh, it was, it was to the, like, they, they took some hits. Their depth last year really, 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 really struggled to produce for a lot of the season. Their third and fourth line for the entire first half of the year was. Yeah. It was essentially Jonas Donskoy by himself. Yeah, it really was because we looked at everybody else. And at one point I had a tweet that I wish I sure wish I could get to now. Uh, <laughs> but it was like, it was like these, this is through 25 games or whatever it was. These are their scoring paces for the year. And it was like Jost seven, Comfort four, Belmar seven. Yep. Like we're talking like single digit point season. These guys got off to brutal starts last year. Now, they ended up getting to eat greedy against some bad teams, and then, of course, you know, that's that's regression to the mean. Some of it is regression to the mean. Because, you you know, if you take 50 shots and you're an NHL player, you're going to score a goal at some point. But especially when you're as good a shooter as JT Comfer, where it ended up happening all right at the very end of the season, uh, where, you know, it's like, oh, well, he shot 20%. It's like, yeah, well. He shot like 30% in the last week of the season. That, that That's what did it. Um, but it's the point being that their, their depth last year really had a slow start. And we saw offensively, we talked about it as it was happening. Like, hey, the Avs are struggling to score a little bit. They were destroying teams in metrics and shot shares and all of that stuff. They were destroying. And that was why you and I were not worried about it. But I think this year they're not going to be able to roll through teams in the same way. They're not going to be a 62% possession team or whatever. I think they ended up at like 58 by the end of the year. But they're not going to do that again this year. They're not dead. They're not deep enough. Yep. It. I think that's just kind of a reality of the team. Um, the other The other side of that coin is who has the year that Jonas Donskoy has, right? Who shoots the roof off the building for them? Because, yeah. that it, because things can flip on that side of the coin as well, but we don't have to get into that because we're just throwing darts in the dark on that yeah, point. We'll we'll talk we'll talk about best case worst case at some point in the off season. Yeah, we'll probably closer to start of probably in September. Yeah, most likely. For right now, you need to get on over to Breckenridge Brewery and get yourself some amazing Breck brews, or of course their good company seltzer, which is absolutely delicious. The 15 can sampler pack. Get a little bit of everything. All the flavors are awesome, but find one that you like and then just drink a bunch of it because it's way too tasty and you're gonna drink a bunch of it. Like there's no there's no stopping that from happening. It's just what ends up happening. That's good um, and fair advice. Find something that you drink and just drink a lot of it. Fair enough, Rudo. 
words to live by, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. Just good, <laughs> solid life advice right there. <laughs> you can also, of course, get it down at the DNVR bar. AJ, you're more in the know about this this company than I am. I know you know a couple of people. So do you want to do you want to tell the folks about the Ball Corporation? They're very awesome to work for. They pay competitive wages. Uh, if there's stuff that you are lacking in a particular field that you would like to learn, they will train you on how to do it. Boom. Um, yeah. That's really it. They're, what, what more do you need to know about a job? They treat their employees pretty well. They pay competitive wages, and they train they train you up on deficiencies in your skill set. There you go. Ball all of that. All of that sounds like a career, uh, a potential career, and possibility for advancement. So, go get a job there. Take it and run. Uh, so. Make sure you hit up Ball. They are hiring right now down in Golden for their plant down there. You can either text Golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com to get yourself an application sent into them. They're hiring a bunch of people, so check them out. They'll hook you up. They'll get you. Uh, they'll get you the training you need, and you'll be uh, you'll be off and running basically. Then, when you're making a good wage, spend a little bit of money on DNVR. Hit us up, get the annual membership, get access to the DNVR Lounge, you get bigger beers at the bar, you get obviously all of our written content by my dude AJ over here, and uh, Evan as well, of course. Uh, yeah, we, we, we like to think we do pretty okay, so supporting us is pretty cool. Hook us up, do the thing. It's fun. Second period? Yeah, second period. I'm... I, Golf has drained me. I'm struggling to count at this point. All right. We're bordering on math. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're bordering on math. Oh, geez. Counting is like the gateway drug to math, AJ. All right. I see. <laughs> uh, so, uh, delving into the Avs depth there, you kind of mentioned it. Expect it to be pretty fluid, but. For opening night, you have to think it's going to be tough to break up the Jost-Nashushkin pairing. Yeah, I think it's going to be. And I think that Comfer is the... I mean, it just makes the most sense that Comfer's on that right side. Yep. We've seen time and time again that Comfer and Jost is a, is together doesn't work very well. Um, and as an accidental shot suppressor on both sides of the ice... You look at that third line, and it's like, are you going to get any offense out of it at all? Yeah. And it's a very fair question. So I think that's that's probably where I would guess that it starts. But it also wouldn't surprise me to see Comfer with Kadri and Burakovsky. Sure. Throw him up in the second line. Yeah. Just to try and balance things a little bit. Because, well, and, and it's tough, too, because yeah, Jost doesn't really drive play. Nachushkin doesn't really drive play. Does Comfort really drive play either? Not really. No. Nachushkin drives play. He just can't finish anything. He drives play for himself. He doesn't so, really create a yeah, lot for his team. That's, so. that's a fair way to put it. So um, that's, that's you know. And then that, that third, the, the beyond that third line, because it feels like there are nine guys that you're pretty comfortable with. 
Yep. Beyond that third line, it's just mayhem because we don't know we don't it's, know what's gonna shake out between Darren Helm, Mikhail Maltsev, Alex Newhook, who I'll throw into that group, Logan O'Connor, um Cal I mean, Sherwood. Yeah, Cal Sherwood, uh Dylan Sakura, Andreas Wingerly, um Jason Magnum. Is Curtis McDermott a defenseman or a forward? Yeah. Um, the, the only guy you're confident in there is Helm, right? Yeah, St- uh, Stefan Mateau. Yeah, any of those. On. Yeah, like any of those guys. And then, of course, you get into you know Sample Ranta and Shane Bowers, and a little the, bit further outside shots at that point. But the guys, the guys that we talked about yesterday a lot uh, when we were doing prospect specific conversations. Yeah. Um, that's that's really the question. Like, where's all of this gonna go? Where where do these guys fit in? There's there's only 12 spots on the roster, and it gets tight quickly. Even if the depth isn't quite to the level that it was last year, yeah. they have a lot of bottom six depth this year. Well, the problem the problem with the bottom six depth is is that they might. I mean, guys like Jason Magno. It's a bunch of Dylan Sakura and tweeners, right? And Stefan Mateau. These are all guys who have gotten NHL looks. These are guys who have been around the block. Like, Mateau was uh, a former first-round pick from a 1,000 years ago who has gotten, like, NHL cups of coffee. He gets them every year. Where he and, just like rolls in and he plays a handful of games and this is little depth role. He doesn't doesn't do anything in them, but it's just enough. And then he goes down and he's decently productive in the AHL. And he comes back up. Like it's it's just like the my problem is is that where's the upside here? Because right now this looks like a lot of low low ceiling, low floor players to I, I hear you, and, and I don't disagree with you. I think there are a lot of tweeners there, but when you look at the rest of this lineup, yes, you have some of those cup of coffee guys, but then you also have Maltsev, who essentially yeah. earned a, a permanent roster spot in New Jersey last year by the end of the year. Yeah, um, I mean, Mikhail Maltsev played 33 games last right. year. Like, And then you have O'Connor, who... Not quite to the level that Maltsev did it, but it became hard for the Avalanche to take that dude out of the lineup last year. Look, as soon as he was healthy, he jumped into the postseason. Um, The problem is is just keeping him healthy. Um, Otherwise, you've got to think that guy's there. He should be be there for this year. And then you have the big question marks, right? You have Martin Kaut, which can the Avs get that guy consistent in the NHL can Mm -hmm. he be consistent in the NHL himself yep Uh, and then you have the the total who who even knows with Wingerly oh yeah so while there is a a clutch of those guys that it's like sure they're low floor low ceiling I think there's a also a handful of guys where you want to see what they have I I think Maltsev falls into that category Kaut obviously as well uh, particularly and then Wingerly ish well, and the thing that we're seeing here is uh, not a lot of true centers. That a lot of wings right there. Yep. Like O'Connor is a hard wing. Yep. You know, we've seen New Hook move around a little bit. Sakic said that they wanted to give Maltsev a look 
at center on the fourth line. Yep. Specifically, um, Helm Helm played a lot more center early on in his career. He's been a wing for the last several years, though. Um, you go you go deeper into that. Uh, Sherwood and Mateau, those guys are not Megna Sakura. Those guys are not centers. You, um, Martin Kaut is not a center. Sample Ranta is not a center. Not Andreas Vingerly, one of the things that was that was intriguing about him is that he had played all three forward spots. But when we when we heard from some of our Swedish listeners, it was stressed to us: this is not a guy that's going to play the middle of the ice very much. So he's not really a center. Then you get down in there, and Shane Bowers has consistently been moved to the wing in the AHL. Okay. Who's your next center then? If you're getting it's all you're all the way down to Jean-Luc Foodie as your actual like a true center there. Now yeah. you can always just drop a Jason Magna in the middle of the ice and right. be like, I mean, we saw a couple years ago, you remember Colin Wilson was playing center yeah. and it was like this is stupid. Everybody knows this is stupid. Yeah, and and I think that is realistically what they would expect. If you're going down to your next center, you're gonna see someone like a Sherwood or a Magna or someone that isn't going to hurt them, but isn't going to play very much, get dropped into a role like that. Yeah. It's just... This year, though, with sound. I want to say, with the exemption being made uh, and opening up the door for Foodie to return to the AHL, look, if he continues to look very comfortable in the AHL, I would, at some point, if you fire off the shot, yeah. If you're if you're considering playing Jason Magna at center, or you're saying let's give Jean Luc Foudy a week of NHL games. I mean, right right now, if you had to pick, Foodie or Bowers. Bowers. I I agree. Even at center. Yeah. Okay. I think that's where I think that's where Bowers is best anyway. I agree, but the Eagles really like putting him on the wing. So yeah, I know. And this is, this is another thing where it's like, look, the, the people, the people making the decisions just disagree with us. Yep. And who the hell are we? Yep. So, you know, the, but they're also not getting the results that they want. Uh, so fair criticism there. The point, the point that I'm really trying to make here is that center depth is really not, it, it's just not great. And then not when you the even, even when you, even when you continue to get down into the AHL, you know, Nick Henry, that's a wing. All right. All these other guys we've talked about all wings, except foodie and maybe wingerly Oscar Olausen. We talked about him yesterday. It's a wing. That dude Alex, Alex Bocage. That dude's a wing. You start to get into, uh, you know, the big, the, the, the Russian kid that we all wish would come over. Nikolai Kovalenko, that's a wing. Yep. But you start to get into some of the some of the guys that are not in pro hockey yet. Ambrosio plays C, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting into Andre Bulyalski's a center. Yeah. Colby Ambrosio's a center. Neil Zoman is a center. Taylor McCarr. We'll see if he stays <laughs> there, but he's been a center. Yep. Um Tyler Weiss, Tyler Weiss is a left he's a wing at this point in his career. Yeah, he- He's played left wing at yeah. Uno for a while now. Matt, Matt Steinberg is a wing. If he ever plays again, we don't even know yeah, where he is that, anymore. That dude had an adventure of a year. Yeah. The, the, their center, their true center depth is really hurting right now. 
when you get into the when you get into the to the organization and honestly its wing depth is probably stronger than it has been in a really long time they i mean they were struggling to find wings for forever yeah i mean wing was wing has been a huge organizational weakness for them for a yeah. while now but they and now kind of flopped it, it used to be they were always really strong down the middle but yeah, well, they they kept drafting all the centers in the first round, and you're just True. like, "Jeez, yeah. man, this is this is out of control." Like they've got they've got centers all the way through their organization. They don't have any problems here, but now they do because you know you look at you their top prospects: Martin Kautz, Sample, Ranta, Shane Bowers in the AHL. That's one center, two wings. Jean Luc Foudy, okay, there's another there's another center, but then you get deeper into it. Olausen and Bocage, those are wings. Their high-end prospects, as they are right now, are short of centers in the pool, for sure. And to further complicate things, if you want to get even more specific, Bocage is a right-shot right wing. Olausen is a left-shot right wing. Um, Kovalenko is a left-shot right wing. And, you know, the uh, Steinberg... He's a right. He's a right shot, right wing, and furthering into. I mean, Nick Henry, um, Sampo. Sampo has played a little bit of all on both wings to the point where I would not. I would not be comfortable calling Sampo Ranta either. They played Sampo on the left in the NHL, even like right. They played him on the left in Minnesota. If you watch, if you watch a lot of his goals, he's on. He's he's on the right side of the ice. Yeah. Um, and then you look at like Martin Cowd has always played on the right. That's what he's, he was drafted as a right wing. He's, he's played all his entire AHL career on the, in, in the right wing. It's what he is. They're, they're good in beyond the NHL. They're good at right wing in the NHL. They're okay there. I mean, Rantanen is obviously great. And then if Burakovsky's playing on the right side, you're comfortable there. But is it then Comfer and O'Connor? Because if that's your foursome, there are a lot worse groups than, you, than that. that. For sure, you're okay with. But if you get one injury to that side and suddenly it's your bottom two right-wingers are O'Connor and Sherwood or something. Right. If Rantanen goes down, if Burkowski goes down, I mean, heaven forbid, I mean... They both go down. Again, this is where I my logic brain would kick in and say, okay how many teams are equipped to handle their top two right wings right. going? And, and obviously the answer is very few, but yeah, it's not, a, it's not, it's not going to be very many teams in the league that are going to be like, yeah, we're comfortable with that. But you're dealing with it with levels, right? Like obviously you're going to struggle to replace that top six production, but yep. the jump from O'Connor being your, fourth line right wing to now all of a sudden Connor's your third line right wing and you're playing a Magna or a whatever on your fourth line that is essentially yeah, a non-factor. The the jump from O'Connor playing on your fourth line as a hard fourth liner. Yep. Which is what we view him as because the offense is not going to be there. We've seen it in the NHL. I, I guess yeah, that's He's a good done, the the way the Avs' bottom six is shaped right now, excluding Newhook, because he could end up in that group, there's not a whole lot of guys that you're looking at that have significantly higher ceilings than where they're going to be playing. Yeah. 
when you look at the loss of Donskoy and his value, it's really, it's not even so much what he did on the third line. It's way more of his how flex through the lineup. The, yeah. The, how little a drop off was experienced when he had to move up. Yep. That they could, he could continue to help them. They could, they could keep things going. They could keep it rolling. For sure. And without him, I think that it's a right now anyway, it's a big question mark as to how they're going to accomplish that. All right. That is a great spot to let you guys know that we've partnered with the premier dispensary. You've probably heard me talk about them before solace meds. They have four convenient locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway and one, just a couple of facts, couple blocks away from us on Colfax. There we go. Got there in the end. Uh, they have a bunch of bargain deals this August to look forward to. You can get a, a favorite around the DNVR gang here. Two Dixie Elixirs for 30 bucks. So hit up uh, hit up Eric D-Line if you want to uh, if you want the rundown on Dixie. That's, that's his kind of jam. Big fan as well. There you go. You can get Spectra products 20% off, Ripple 25% off, Silver Shelf Flower 15% off, and Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates 15% off as well. And anytime you head into a Solace location or check out online, be sure to use code DNVR20 to get 20% off your order plus a free Solace bar to boot. So you got all sorts of ways to save on all sorts of things at solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. Set yourself up for pickup. Super easy to get the products. Just walk in, walk out, and you are good to go with them. And once you got your Solace Meds sorted out, go home, order yourself some Hassle Cattle Company as well. So you got some delicious meat to cook and eat while you're uh, while you're enjoying your cannabis products. Hassle has a ton of amazing meats. Like We always talk up the Wagyu, and that's what we have is the, the Wagyu beef burger at the bar, which is amazing try it but their other meats are great as well their bone-in ribeye their tomahawk steaks all of it they do it all so so well so if you like the burger give some of their other stuff a try and chances are you will really like that at home as well of course our main sponsor of the show is DraftKings sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there the olympics has wound down but still plenty of betting to be done with DraftKings. You can get in on all sorts of crazy stuff right now. Obviously, football season is right around the corner. If you are a new player to DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Yes, you don't have to win the bet. You just have to bet a dollar. And even if you lose... You get $200 in free bets from DraftKings when you sign up with code DNVR with a new account. So they're literally just giving you $200 to play with on DraftKings at this point. There's no reason not to do it. Head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Check out their app. Download it now. Again, use that DNVR code for your chance to get those $200 in free bets. If football's not your thing, bet the $1. Get your $200. Go bet it on hockey futures. I think McKinnon was, what, plus 600 for the heart next year. So splash a little cash on that. Flash a little cash on the abs to win the president's trophy again, maybe whatever you're feeling in the, in the hockey circles, go for that, go for baseball, go for basketball, take your picks. McKinnon's not, AJ's not feeling anything over here. I'm not feeling either. I'm not feeling either one of those. Kemper for Vesna though. Yep. 
That's the one. I yep. haven't checked the odds on the Vesna yet, so I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one. But if you're feeling it, if you're on Team AJ, go uh, go drop that bet down with DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. So we're getting down into the nitty gritty of, of the depth here a little bit now, AJ. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of look, we've talked about the Sakuras and the Matos and those kind of guys that are going to be floating around the organization, probably moving between Loveland and, Col- and Denver a, a good bit throughout the season depending yeah. on, on what Colorado needs. Um, so you have a handful of guys there, but where the story gets interesting in these guys is, one, is is this the last ride? Is this the last year for Martin Count and Shane Bowers to really prove themselves in this organization? Yeah, I mean, we talked, we talked about this quite a bit yesterday, um, so I don't, uh, I won't get too into it, but I I feel like more so for Bowers because he doesn't have any NHL games played. Yep, not any. Um, he hasn't gotten a single look yet, and I think that that's a, the bigger indictment. I have more faith that we're going to see Cout this year. Sure. Um, I think this, like, oh, they've given up on him. Um they're over him. They're done with him. He's been discarded to the bin or whatever. I think, I think all of that kind of talk is still a little premature. But there's a fine. I mean, if we get into the second half of the season and we haven't seen the guy at all, then there's a problem. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, you look at what he did in the AHL last year. He was very, very good in the AHL for long stretches and. It did not, the problem, the, the, and it's like, oh, well, where was his opportunity and all that, but it just didn't, it didn't translate as well. Um, and the abs are, the abs are kind of done saying we're going to develop guys in the NHL. Yep. You know, the Tyson Josts of, hey, they we're going to get to the league and figure room. it out. Yeah. Their aspirations are above that now, uh, unfortunately, for guys like that. And don't have the room, don't have the time. Right. And like we saw what happened, like Tyson Jones ran out of runway yep. and they didn't know what to do with him. He didn't have a position. He didn't have any consistency. What was he going to do? What, what was going on uh, with his career? And he got to the end of that runway and took off. That's, you know, right now Bowers and Cout are speeding towards the end of that runway themselves. And they've got to find, they've got to figure it out. Flyer now, fall. Yeah. Look, obviously, it would help if they had 200 games to figure the, to, uh, of NHL time to find their legs, like Joe's did. But they don't. they don't. They're not going to get that, and that's just how it's going to be. Yep. And so they've got to figure it out. Like, look, I, I say that they're done developing in the NHL, but like, I, I think Alex Newhook's going to be in the NHL this year, and he's going to develop hey. as the year goes on. Well, but he can there. still yeah. be he can be a productive player. He can be a useful player right. who just gets better as he the, goes, as he gets more comfortable. The question isn't 
will you, or rather, question number one isn't will you be a good player for us eventually. Question right. number one right now for Colorado is do you help us win a Stanley Cup? I mean, it's do you help us on a nightly basis? Sure. It's it's do you help us win games? Do you, and it, the schedule's going to be significantly tougher this year. They play everybody again. So they're going to have a lot of games where they, you know, they're going to have, they're going to play tough. They're going to play tough opponents. The, the, the road schedule is back to what it was. It's, you know, they're now the abs in particular have kind of a, a softer schedule in terms of, they don't have like one really like grueling trip yep. where by the end of it, they yep. will be the totally exhausted and, yeah. Those are two or three auto losses right there because they're just spent. Yep. Um, they don't have one of those trips. I think the longest road trip they have is five games. The longest homestand they have is four. So the 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 downside of that is that they're constantly on the road. I believe that they are set to lead the NHL in miles traveled this year. So that's obviously going to be tough, what? and they're going to need they're the the. I say that because they're going to need guys who can step in and help them every yep. single night. Well, and there's um, two things there. First of all, Colorado always very high in the miles traveled just because yeah. their lack of proximity to other teams. There's no gimmies. They're not they're not taking a train. Right. Their shortest know. road trip is Dell, Arizona, I guess, probably. Maybe Vegas. Vegas might be closer, yeah. And then after that it's it's either Dallas or California teams, maybe St. Louis. Yeah, maybe Minnesota, like yeah. whatever, whatever the exact mileage ends up being. Yeah, whatever, right, point. right, exactly. Well, but, point, point is, everything's a two-hour flight except Vegas. Yep, they, nothing is is drivable for Colorado sports teams. Basically, yeah, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no thirty-minute flight. Yeah, exactly. So it, it is a big travel there, and but to your other point, more important point. You have these bundle of dudes, and there's going to be every opportunity for each of them to earn an opportunity to play. In 82 games, call it uh, leg management, call it whatever you want, but injuries are going to happen. Dudes are not going to be able to go. With yeah. road trips, they're going to bring extra bodies to, to use them, whether that be Martin Cout, whether that be Curtis McDermott or anyone in between. That's why this training camp is going to be so important. Yeah. That's where they have to that's where they have to try and establish the hierarchy because the abs are going to come in with a loose idea of what it looks like. Yep. Um okay, here's kind of what our expectations are, blah 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 blah, but then the dudes from there will determine those things. They've got they've unfortunately got six preseason games that we have to sit through. That's opportunity for those guys. As much as it might be brutal for us to watch that god-awful hockey, that's opportunity for them to earn jobs and ice time. And they're going to need it. You know, those guys are going to need it. They're, and I think at forward this year, because, because of how many bodies uh, are going to be involved in this, if there's a guy that's really not getting it done, like, look, if Logan O'Connor comes out of the gate and he doesn't have it for 10 games, Chances up, but you can't. You yeah. don't give him ten more. Yep. You give him. You you give him a couple of days off. You start to look for other answers. Yep. 
you have the quick hook and you play the hot hand, right? If someone drops into the lineup yeah. and flashes, you keep riding it. Well, and that's where that's one thing I liked about Kiefer Sherwood is that when you had him out of the lineup, you could get him in, you would get one or two decent games, and then you pull him back out. Yep. And that was what he could give you. He could he was very comfortable. Like Slotting in. Uh, it's, oh, it's been yeah. two weeks since I've gotten to play. I'm super excited. Let's go, 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 go. And he would give you a couple of good games, and then he would disappear. And then he's played two games of taking NHL contact, and it's like, all right, can't maintain that. Yeah. So definitely part of the equation is who. how is the hierarchy set in opportunities when someone inevitably is struggling because it will happen 100%. Yeah, and there will always be like the, oh, well, this guy doesn't get held to the same standard. You know, the Nikita Zadorov conversation. Oh, Zadorov wasn't held to the same standard. He got healthy, scratched, blah, like disregard that he played hundreds of games and just like like played through his problems. But it was always like, oh, where where do you slot in? You know, where... How come he? How come he gets the quick hook and Patrick Nemeth keeps playing? Why is Patrick Nemeth on the ice? Why is Patrick Nemeth on the ice? Why is Patrick Nemeth on the ice? Why? You know, there's always sure. there's always that question. Now in the postseason, it's a little bit of a different conversation, of course. But in the regular season, you always see like, oh, this guy should be fired into the sun. He should be benched next game. And like, obviously, you don't you don't set your lineups based on super reactionary stuff yeah, like that. I, I, look, first of all, yeah, you, it's hard to make judgments on at very small sample sizes. If you're, if you're immediately calling for someone to be hooked after a bad game, then it's also not fair of you to say they should give Martin Kaut more opportunity, things like right. that. Well, but, and that's where, that's where, that's where the fandom kicks in where you're like, I like Martin Kaut and I want yeah, to see more of sure. Martin Kaut. I'm tired of seeing Jason Magna. But but further beyond that, again, regardless of what AJI or anybody that watches this want, unless there's people in the Avs front office watching, in which case, hello. Nice I mean, watching. We know we know Joe Sackick's an avid avid pod fan. But but when it comes to guys like Patrick Nemeth versus Nikita Zadorov, uh clearly there are things that a player like Nemeth is doing that Jared Bednar notices and likes that Nikita Zadorov is not. There is Jared Bednar isn't just keeping Patrick Nemeth in the lineup over Zadorov because he likes him or whatever your lineup complaint might be at the time. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Like there's no doubt an NHL hockey coach has a reason for keeping a player in over another, whatever that reason might be. Yeah. It may not be a good reason. That is true. It doesn't have to be a good reason, but But there's a reason. And I do think, I do think that this year there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's, I think there's a potential for, for quite the carousel of forward. Like fourth liners, you could see could like see none of these guys. Yeah. yeah, none of these guys play forty games, and it's just a whole bunch of dudes with like seventeen games, games here, yeah. twenty three games there, nine games here, and yep. I just think that that's 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 kind of where I think they're headed. Um, as much as we're like putting Maltsev in the lineup to start the year, he's got to stay. Yep. Now he's got good size and good skating, and he brings a, a physical element that they absolutely are going to need. 
but he's got to also stay. It, it, he'll have every opportunity to stay, but if he shows up and stinks, you can only live with that for so long. You have to also remember, like, this is a guy that, like, a not very good team was comfortable moving on from. Yep. It's not like he was integral to their future. Right. Like, they were, they were like, okay, like, we drafted and developed and did all this work, and we finally got, looks like we got an NHL guy out of him, but we like this other NHL guy a little bit more, so we're going we're gonna to move on from this cat. Yep. Kind of kind of their version of Connor Timmons. Ha ha. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I mean if look, if Maltsev can prove to be a legit player, a more than just a fourth liner, then that's a, that's a massive pro yeah, scouting yeah, win. Yeah, they're slam dunking. Yeah. Yeah. That's a massive pro scouting win. If yep. he ends up just being a good like a quality fourth line player, it's a it's a good pro scouting find. Yeah, if you if you are getting JT Confer out of Mikhail Maltsev, oh geez. you're you're high fiving left and right, right? Like you hit a home run in that trade if you get JT Confer out of him. Yeah, I mean, if you get JT, I know people are like JT Confer sucks, but like JT Confer is a guy who had back to back thirty point seasons. Yep, you know has has scored ten goals in every year, every full season he's played. Despite how awful he was last year. Yep. We don't have to go down that road again, though. Yeah, just uh, just saying, like, JT, like, if they get JT Comfer, who has been a productive 30-point guy in his career, that's a huge win for them. Yep. Huge win. No doubt about it. And then if Sean Barron's becomes anything, oh, then, yeah. then, I mean, then you're on, you're on the road to Giggletown, which is where they were with Ryan Graves, honestly. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, all right, so we got some other work we got to get to, chat. so we do have to wrap this one up for the day. But oh, if you're yeah. looking for more depth talk, and, and I think we'll wrap up this week with some prospect rankings as well, so keep tuning in this week for that stuff. Next week should be some fun off-season shows. Uh, if that's your type of thing, look forward to that next week. It, it should be a fun time. Hope you all will check those out. We, we really do enjoy making fun stuff like that on occasion, especially in August. So... For today, we are out of here. Thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. We appreciate it so much. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, have a great rest of your day.